welcome back to the K Mod Squad Pod. Uh, <laughs> I, um, we can change it to that uh, sometime. Yeah. But it's a, a new episode of the Book Reporters with Joe and Lauren. And welcome back, special guests, to discuss her new book, Kirsten Modulin. Hey, I'm glad to be here. We're so thrilled to have you here again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, second time around. And uh, yeah, it wasn't um, only a couple of months ago when we had you on last time. But uh, yeah, yeah uh, we, we got a new book out again called The Dinner Guests. And uh, before we get dive into, you know, the meat of this episode let's just um go ahead and get out top uh with me and lauren what we thought of this book i loved it me too (laughs) (laughs) once again like read it in probably you know a day 24 hours or so counting work and other things i had to do in between um yeah, it was, it was right up my alley, mm. right from, you know, reading the back cover. I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is for me. And I think Joe, we kind of read it like at this exact same time. Well, yeah. I, it sounded like. Yeah. Fun, fun story, Kirsten. Um, I, I had to work a rare Saturday yesterday. So I was, um. I started reading like while I was on break at work and finished it um, last night. But uh, I texted Lauren after I was coming off of my lunch break and said, uh, because I got to like a specific part, I uh, cor- I remember um, I was reading on the Kindle app on my phone and I said I was at 39%, which is chapter 14. And mm-hmm. the what. I mean, if you can remember the way the previous chapter ended, are you able to recall that? Oh, uh, no. with your books? Okay. No. Well, my, I get all my chapters mixed up. Well, I mean, it ended in such a way where I, I had to like only stop reading because I was coming off of my lunch break and had to get back to work. But I quickly texted yeah. Lauren, like, because I knew she was reading. It's like how. How are you enjoying this? She was at the exact same part as I was. I love that. I do remember with this book, chapter 10 is like when things start getting exciting. So I can kind of guess around what part 13 was. Yeah, I feel like that was like unofficially maybe the like best place to break slash worst because you just wanted to get back to the book. It was like, it was just funny how we both had to break there because that's when it it was getting real. So you're like, okay, I can't wait to get back to this book. But at the same time, you're like, okay, here we go. Because the next time I pick this book up, I'm probably going to read right through. Mm -hmm. So it was both good and bad to pause there just because it was, it was a great cliffhanger. I love it. (laughs) Well, I I just love the fact that uh, her and I are like so in sync with each other at this point that we had to, we stopped at like the same part of the book Um, due to, due to whatever, due to Lauren, I think you said you were 
you were traveling to a friend's house or some, mm -hmm. or, and I had to, I was, working. yeah, I was meeting my friend for the day. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, a little bit of synchronicity with Lauren and I, I just thought that was a fun story. And, but, That's super it's, cool. uh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's, I, uh, her and I had that reaction to each other where like we, it's one of those books like as we're reading it, like we immediately want to talk to each other. Okay, where are you at in this? All right, where, you know, so I mean, it's another five star read with you. And thank you. I loved it. Yeah, for me too. I even like the cover too. And I, can't remember if we talked about covers last time. Do you have input in that? So I designed my own covers. So I have all the input. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is a, it is a, well, so, so the book's called The Dinner Guests and it's a plate that's cracked and there's a little bit of blood on it. Yeah. And it's, it's simple, but eye catching. And uh, the tagline is the new neighbors are dying to meet you. Um. So yeah, it I like just that's just great too from the beginning. Thank it's you. So I, I really love this cover. It was a little bit different for me, um, but it really fit the story and I was like, let's go with it. So I'm glad you liked it. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that looks it does look different from your other books. It was almost like not simple, but it was just kind of yeah to the point. Yeah. It was, I called it simple too. I was like, it's probably one of my most simple covers, but it just really fit. And I played around, I put like a wine glass um, in it and like some silverware and none of it worked. And I was like, just that plate with that. And funny yeah. story, the little like speck of blood, I was actually trying to put like a wine glass stain above it. And they were like speckles of wine and it landed on the plate when I was like moving around. I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> so I erased all of the rest <laughs> and just left that. And I was like, it works so well. So awesome. I love the simplicity of it. <laughs> now, yeah. Lauren, did you want to read the synopsis or do you want me to? You know what? Go ahead because I um like I have my Kindle pulled up, but I don't I I can pull it up, but if you have it, oh, I have it. Go I right have ahead. it here. So here we go. The dinner guests by Kirsten Modulin, six friends, a lifetime of secrets, one terrifying game. When a group of friends receives unexpected invitations to a dinner party, they see it as a chance to finally meet the bizarre and reclusive new neighbor whose home is enshrouded in layers of security. As the drinks are poured and dinner is served, the group begins to realize things are not what they seem. What starts out as an innocent night of fun soon becomes a seemingly calculated game filled with cryptic messages and chilling revelations. With no way out, the guests are forced to play along in the hopes of escape. Friendships fray, loyalties are tested, and the secrets they've kept from each other are revealed one by one. Six friends walk into the house that night. Will six friends make it out? <laughs> that... <laughs> do you also write your own synopsises? I do, yeah. 
Yeah, I write them and then I have a friend um, that I send them to and we kind of go back and forth until we get it perfect. Um, but yeah, I really like this synopsis too. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know if you guys have seen on my like social media, I posted, this is like, this is a book I wish that I could have read. Like I, that's, I feel really conceited saying that, but I love books about like games and like clues and you're, you know, trying to solve like deeper than a mystery, like an actual like surface game, you know? And I just, I really loved like the whole, the whole idea for it. I've had it for a long time. So it was really fun to write. And yeah, and I really wanted to highlight that in the blurb because I know for a reader like me, if I saw those words, like, you know, cryptic clues and a game that, that would jump out to me. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've read a couple of reviews on this book and um, a lot of people compare it to um, just having the guests they're all they're all friends and they've known each other for a while most of them and uh there's comparisons to like desperate housewives kind of women but um saw without the gore and i agree with that i also think um clue was a big one that came to mind even though the board game you're not actually solving like puzzles um there were there were books back in the 90s based on clue and they were like for children and i read a bunch of those when i was learning how to read and every short chapter was like a different clue puzzle with the same characters and um sometimes it was a murder but sometimes it wasn't so this kind of reminded me of that plus you're going to to different rooms in this house at this party trying to trying to get to the bottom of everything yeah um so and then plus like just escape room right stuff is also an element here um and and a little bit I, I i would say like of and then there were none just because there's also you know people are trying to figure out what the heck is going on who can you trust who can't you trust um yeah if a, a few people a couple of people start to disappear at a couple points in the book so there's where i mean that's where and then there were none came in for me yeah too and some of the some of the ways you um hear people um speak and and whatnot it's very i don't want to i don't want to give anything away but it's there's definitely elements of things while it's still, of course, being its own book and not borrowed, right. you know, from any of these things, just inspired by them, I would say. And I don't know if that's actually any of your inspirations in this book or if you had anything specific yeah. in mind. when I love um, escape rooms, like I said, but then I also, um, I really... Well, I don't love, I watched the Saw movies um, and a few of them. Um, so like some of that comes into play, like you said, minus the gore, but just like the references a little bit. There's a lot of like Stephen King and then even like Edgar Allan Poe with the name of the town um, and like the whole kind of like House of Usher, um, you know, storylines that run through um, the name of the town is Poe. And then um the name of the street is Blair, like from Blair Witch. And so I just tried to put all of the like haunted, you know, creepy elements in there. Um, but I definitely um, was kind of inspired by the movie Clue. Um, I've never read those books, but I have seen, I have obviously played the game and then watched the movie where they're running room to room. And 
Um, I love, you know, that element. And then obviously uh, Megan Golden's Escape Room book is one of my favorites. Um, and I really wanted to kind of bring that, um, you know, do kind of my own version of an Escape Room book um, and just bring in more of the elements that I loved with like in, being in an old house um, and that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I was, I mean, you mentioned the Megan Golden book, Escape Room. That's That came to mind. But it also, I had the feeling like this is, this is unique to anything else I feel like I've read in a long time. And, it, I mean, it, it just overall was a very fun, enjoyable read. And it's uh, not a long read, so... I was able to like keep it going and like not be in suspense for too long because that I did want to figure out, okay, what's going on here? Where is, you know, was the deal with this yeah. house, this fortress, if you will. Um, but yeah, uh, I think when I wrote it, I felt like it was, it's, I feel like it's my most unique story. Um, it's one that I, aside from Escape Room, I can't really think of any books um, that, you know, play with that storyline, none that I've read. Um, and obviously mine's very different. Like I said, you know, setting and, and groups of people and everything, it's just very different. Um, but yeah, as I was writing it, I was like, is this too different? Like, are people going to be like, this isn't it? Like, <laughs> you just write something else, write normal stuff. Um, but like I said, I wrote this for readers like me because I was like, this is like, if I could read a book like this, I would just love it. Um, and so it was a real risk because I felt like it was different, not only from books that I've written, but just different from any book in the genre that I could think of. Um, and so, yeah, it was a big risk for me, but I really love it. And readers seem to really love it. So I'm glad. Well, what I talk to you about on Instagram with this is... I posed a question to you. Have you, have you ever wanted to ask specific readers, like what your readers, how they feel about certain aspects of your books? And I wanted to give you the opportunity to do that with Lauren and myself for yeah. this episode. Yeah. So when you asked, um, I, I went through and thought of a few different questions. I had to think of some that I would that wouldn't give spoilers away. So there are no spoilers here, but. Yeah, there. I thought it would be fun to ask you guys. Um, so the first one and probably the biggest one is okay. So knowing what you know, like going into it, say you're in like chapter two, three, four, you've gotten the invitation, you know everything that's happened going going on with this house. Would you have gone with all your friends? <laughs> Hell no, <laughs> I would not. <laughs> I. Totally would not. And it's probably because I read and watch all of these books that I'd be like, oh, something's up with this. Right. I I would have been, um, nope, we, you know, we planned on going out, doing our own thing tonight and let me know how it is and text me every half hour. Let me know you're alive, but <laughs> have, a, have a great time, guys. Well, I think not for um... me. With these characters in this neighborhood, I mean, you got the sense that with the previous owners, Tom and Eleanor, mm -hmm. like they were close with them, like they would have, they would go over right. when they would host dinners. And 
to me, if I was in a neighborhood where all the neighbors were like that, where we like want to know each other, we want to, you know, create a habit. I mean, I would be conflicted given how secretive they had been up to that point. Like, yeah. ne- like not being able to catch a glimpse of them and seeing all this work being done on the house, like to, again, essentially turning it into a fortress. Um, that, I mean, um, if, if it was, if it was just like me and my partner, I, I don't think just us would have gone, but it, something like if it was a group of us, maybe that would have made me more comfortable. Yeah. But looking at it from the point of view, like these neighbors all want to know each other and know what's going on with their neighbors. Maybe, but then at the same time, like, again, they originally, they all essentially, they all originally had plans, didn't they? And they were going to back out. So Lakin and Henry didn't have plans. Leo and Bethany were like going to her mom's, um, but that was like an every weekend, like they could easily reschedule. And then Piper and um, Shane had their, their plans. Um, But I don't think any of them had like anything solid. It was kind of just like, we could could go or could not. Yeah. I, it, I mean, to kind, yeah. of, to kind of more go halfway with, like, what Lauren said, maybe decline, but try to invite them to something mm-hmm. to get to, know, like, you host, like, you host something and, like, invite them. Sure, to yeah. do the get to know you thing. So like if I if I was gonna do like the meet you halfway with like with Lauren what you said, that might be what I go with. Yeah. But I also see what you're saying. Like a group of friends, I mean, I, probably I could be swayed maybe against my better judgment or like or like my my fictional mystery thriller uh judgment and and end up going and then I'd be like once I'm there I'd be like what okay we're done (laughs) you're not my friends anymore you talked me into something (laughs) awful so that brings me to my next question um if you okay say you had gone and like say leading up to you know chapter 13 or 14, what point would you have left? What, like, what thing that happened um, would have made you be like, nope, we're done? I would say maybe the same time the characters did, but mm-hmm. at that point, they're stuck. Right. So. But I'm, I'm... I agree. I feel like it was... Um, so leading up to when things definitely take a, a turn... Um, it's just awkward, you know, there's a lot of awkwardness to it, but that's also, I think, par for the course with a new, you know, a a new setting and situation or or a different setting. And you definitely could feel the awkwardness of these characters meeting and, and them going to the house that they were once at, um, with the previous owners. And now it's completely flipped upside down. And just, you know, something is off, but nothing is actually giving you like red flags yet. Right. So, yeah, I don't think that I would have 
been alarmed prior to when everybody else was also. That makes sense. Okay. So um, without spoilers, um, so say like up until the midway point, um, like obviously we know the ending now, but who were you most suspicious of going into it and like for the first few chapters? Or what what were you most suspicious of or... Yeah, you mean, like, you which one of the group could have been involved right. in the game? Like, did you think anyone from the group was involved? Did you think it was all the new na- neighbors? Did you think um, well, nothing I, was actually going on and they were just paranoid? What were your, your thoughts? I initially thought it was all the neighbors, but, like, when it got to a point where I could suspect any member of the group, I gravitated towards Shane because he was essentially the outsider of the group, like, he was the new neighbors before. Right. Um, what are they named? Penn and Ezra? Or Ed- and Edda. Edda. Yes. Like, so before they moved in, he was the new neighbor. I think he, you mentioned in the book, he had been there about a year, maybe. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like the other five have history and. If I was going to gravitate towards one of the group being in on it, it would have been him. But I also feel like that would have been too obvious. So, and And I I think you're better than that, Kirsten. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And and I, and I agree with you and, and it's nothing, nothing in, how do I say this? Like, it's nothing in your writing that led us to initially think one person or another, because I feel like everyone was likable. All of the characters, I, I was rooting for everyone. I didn't want anyone to die or, (laughs) you know, go missing forever. Um, I feel like at first um, Shane being the newest is cause for skepticism. And then Piper is uh, the only, well, there's two married couples and then Piper's divorced and Shane is the new person um, who's widowed. And Piper being single is also, you know, to me, I, I was like, hmm, okay, is this person who they say they are? They're struggling to get through a divorce that I don't know if it was a couple years since the divorce, but yeah, I think it was I almost read it like thinking three. I think it was two. I was like, okay. I was like, um, okay. It seems like you're kind of like, do you have some issues maybe moving on or, or something? It just almost seemed like that could have been interesting to me and maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but um, and then we hear from uh, Bethany a lot and I don't know. I just feel like everyone could have been a re- like you could have suspected everyone. And I probably thought that with everyone yeah. um, at one point or another, but at the same time, they were all such likable characters that I was also like, it couldn't be, I, I hope it's not, I hope they're not involved. This is, you know, yeah. they just seem like nice people. <laughs> So. I will say these these are probably some of my most likable characters, at least like from my end. There are some of the characters that I got the most attached to as, as I was writing. So I'm glad to hear that translated in the writing too. 
Okay, last question I had, and it kind of actually goes with that, was who did you like most? Was there a favorite character up to the midway point um, as we start learning more about them? Hmm. Warren, did you have one? I still liked Shane best, even though I I think there's reason for the reader to be suspicious. Um, I also was like, but but he he's he's also just normal, but is he? You know, because you're reading a book. So I really liked Shane and Piper. Um and it's so it was so refreshing to read a book in this genre where there were likable characters because sometimes it's it gets so draining to be skeptical and mm-hmm. um, just have really negative people sometimes. And a lot of times that makes the psychological thriller or murder mystery or domestic thriller or whatever. But sometimes you just want like people that you're not side-eyeing too. So um, I would say Piper and Shane were, were my favorite. I'd probably say that too. Just, um, again, I, I probably related to Shane the most. Just um, kind of the outsider in this, or the new guy in this like established group of friends. And just, I've, I've been in that situation myself a couple times and I've, I've just kind of like felt like the guy sitting on the outside, like watching their relationship and like, not that he didn't know when or where to jump in, but like, I've just had that experience where I feel like the new guy to the group. So. And I feel like he wasn't like forcing himself to fit in or he wasn't forcing, um, what his initial plans for the evening were on other people and being like, Oh, you know, we shouldn't have done this. We should have done our, uh, the first thing. And it just being, you know, he kind of just went along with this situation like everybody else in the book and they kind of all banded together, um, you know, while, while still trying to figure out what's going on here because there is something deeper going on. And, um, you know, not everyone can be trusted, but it was just, it was just nice to have an outsider character who also wasn't trying to break up the group or come in real cynical, I guess. Yeah. I call Shane my like voice of reason character. Um, So during different scenes, um, when things would kind of get heated or just weird, or like you just needed to kind of be brought back to reality with the characters, Shane was just kind of the one that, that would say the right thing or um, that just had kind of the thought that maybe as the reader we were having, you know? Um, So I really liked him too. I'm glad you guys did. That was all the questions I had. I really liked that though. It was fun to ask. (laughs) Well, awesome, and yeah, again, I mean, I can't, I know I've, I'm just repeating myself at this point, but I really did enjoy this read, as I have with your other books that I've read. Thank you. And <laughs> it was, and it's, it's not a, a long book either. It's, 
268 pages maybe something that was on my kindle but i don't know that that's yeah i think that's true like, sometimes something yeah um so i think um on my thing it says like 225 or 6 226 yeah maybe i think that's the official count on the okay maybe my font is bigger or something it takes longer amazon says 268 pages but i guess depending on like what you're reading it on i said the numbers are always different the paperback i think is 266 and then the hardback is like 250 but then kindle always has their own numbers so I never go over that because I never really know. I think in yeah re- reading it in the app, it said there was like 226. Yeah. According to that. But I mean, yes, I guess depending on what you're reading it on, it's different. Right. And I love that. I love, you know, breaking up some of these books that I read with a, a quicker read. It's not a short story by any means, but and it would have gone just as fast had there been another 50 pages, I feel like. But at the same time, it was it was a really well-crafted story without needing to get there <laughs> with extra stuff. Yeah. Um, the Dinner Guests, like, you know from the title, like, this is going to take place over a couple of hours. And it, you know, it just, it gets to the point without added things and um yeah it's definitely one of my favorite maybe my favorite from you so far i (laughs) i i don't know it's hard to it's hard to pick one but um it's a i feel like it's a really recommendable book because i feel like it can you can hit a lot of different people with this book it's not too boxed into a certain subgenre I guess I love that yeah I think all of my books are right around the same length like usually average 250 pages um and I I I read shorter books like I don't typically read anything over like 400 pages just because I want something that I can read in one sitting um and so I think one of the things that I really try and do with mine is pair out all of that you know excess anything that really doesn't need to be read or that doesn't you know, immediately add to the story, even if it's like character development or, you know, backstory that would help us understand the characters more. If it's not like pertinent to the story and the plot, I don't always feel the need to include it. Sometimes I do if it's like, if I do feel like you need to know that, but I really try not to drag things out um, just for the sake of, you know, making my page read longer or whatever with me being in Kindle Unlimited. Um, I try to just keep it short and sweet so that you can read it in one or two sittings um, because I find those are my favorite type of books. So again, I write for readers like me, so it it all works. After um, I finished this this morning, I wanted to uh, look back at your catalog and I saw that a couple of years ago, you teamed up with some other authors and did the Crimson Falls novella yes. series. Um, just going off on that, that sounds like something that I want to dive into. It's eight books and these are even shorter stories, 
But th- can they be read in any order? Yes, they can. Um, so we read okay. them all um, based in the Crimson Falls world. At the beginning of all the books, there's like a, a history of the town and that tells you kind of a little bit about this, you know, fictional world that we, we created. Um, but they're written in any order. Um, on all of the Amazon pages, we do have them listed in an order and that's in chrono- chronological order because they run like over a timeline. Um, but they don't, it, you can read them in any order because like there's, we made it so there's no like spoilers or anything like that. Um, but yeah, they have different like overlapping characters and that sort of thing, which makes it kind of fun. And it looks like it's all on Kindle Unlimited too. So that might be a bingeable series for me this summer. So I was really excited to see that. I feel like I probably saw it and then, you know, get yeah. it gets lost in, in other books that I'm looking up all day long. But yeah, um, yeah I, so I'm excited to look into that too. Yeah, it's really fun. It's kind of like a, um, a town basically where once a year, all these really bad things happen, kind of almost like the purge a little bit. Um, like crime goes like crazy. Um, and it's like based on this history, like I mentioned this in the beginning. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really fun. And like you said, there's eight books and they're all like right around a hundred pages. So they're very short and um, easily bingeable. I'll have to look into that too. Yeah. They're super fun. Hmm. Um, so I take it you have uh, more things in the pipeline coming? <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. You guys know me well enough by now. Um, yeah. So I mentioned earlier before you're we on here that I've been writing. Um, my deadline is actually today. So I'm getting ready to finish my, well, actually it's in two days, but my deadline to actually finish it is today so I can read through it. Um, but so my new book will release July 1st. Um, and so I am getting ready to finish it and send it to my editor and I'm really excited. Wow. <laughs> it's, I'm noticing a pattern every two months. Yeah. I'm, so, yeah. <laughs> I really aim I mean, for every month this year. That was my goal. Um, but it, it's been every two months so far. So that's where I seem to be fall. I mean, that, that will definitely be on the list when it comes out. Um, I want to go ahead and bring up something I saw you mention about an issue you've been having with your eBooks. Um, you have a exclusive deal with Kindle Unlimited with right. your eBooks, right? Right. And I saw you post you've been having an issue with your eBooks stolen files of your ebook showing up mm-hmm. on other platforms yes so yeah I, I, I want to give you the chance to warn the reader about that and let them know yeah you know. yeah so this has happened twice over the last like six months i would say um basically so because i'm in kindle unlimited my ebooks are exclusive to amazon um, my audiobook and physical books can be anywhere but my eBooks are only available on Amazon. Um, and basically what's happening is my books are, you know, they've been stolen from me and put on pirate sites um, all over the place, which is a big enough deal. It's really frustrating because essentially they're giving my book away for free and I make nothing. Um, and I didn't consent to that. Um, but the bigger issue is that some of the people that do that also put them up on legitimate retailers like Apple, um, Kobo, Nook, 
um, scribbed, just different um, sites, and they sell them. Um, and so what happens is if I don't catch it, Amazon will catch it. Um, and then they will let us know, hey, we found your book. Um, and you have, you know, X number of days to get it down or you'll get kicked out of Kindle Unlimited and you won't get the royalties from your Kindle Unlimited, um, which is about half of my income every month. So that would be a huge deal for me. Um, and so then I have to go like the last time it happened with Apple, but before it was several um, different ones that I had to go to each of the individual sites, fill out a form, go to their legal team. It's it's a whole mess. Um, you know, the last time it happened, like Christmas Eve, I think. So I had to go through all of Christmas stressing out about it. Um, and just like, like I said, it was like seven different, re different retailers that I was trying to fight with and contact and get my books down. Um, and so as an indie author, like when you're traditional, you have a team, you have a publisher that can go after these people and handle it. But as an indie author, I don't have that. It's all me. So anytime I'm spending doing that, I'm not writing, I'm not marketing, you know, I'm not getting to do the parts of my job that I should actually be doing. Um, and I'm also like risking losing my income and my career over, you know, people stealing from me, which is obviously not fun. Um, so yeah, the, and what sucks is because they're, they're putting it on legitimate retailers, the readers aren't doing anything wrong. You know, they're not on a pirate site trying to illegally download the book. They're on a legitimate retailer. They don't know any better. Um, and they're just buying it. And then, you know, obviously we get in trouble for that. So the biggest thing like to prevent it, um, what I've been telling my readers, if you know, you're the author that you're reading is in, in Kindle Unlimited. Um, you know, if you see your, their books anywhere else, if you see them on a retailer, let them know so that they can kind of get ahead of it and try and get it taken down. Um, for both instances with mine on the retailers, it would show like, my name as the author, but the seller was like a completely different name. Um, and so if you see that and it's not like a publisher's name, then that's a little bit suspicious. You might want to, you know, reach out to the author that way. Um, but the biggest thing is just, you know, be diligent, you know, know, and it's, it's hard. It's not something that you can expect readers to do and to really research every book they buy. Um, but yeah, if you do know an author is in Kindle Unlimited, just kind of help us, you know, especially indie authors that are you know, trying to stay on top of everything. Um, you know, just let us know if you see our books anywhere else that should be um, in Kindle Unlimited. So any author who's on, who has their books on Kindle Unlimited, they're exclusive to Amazon? Yes. So it's part of Amazon's terms of service. Um, if you sign up for Kindle Unlimited, you have to be exclusive to them. You cannot have your ebook on any other retailer. Um, and so that's, yeah, when we, when we sign up for it, we agree to those terms. Okay. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to, because I saw you post about that, and that is something I was unaware of. I mean, I get all my ebooks through Amazon and Kindle anyway, but that was just yeah. something I was unaware of, and I wanted to make the listen, give you a chance to make the listener aware of it too. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's, you know, it's something that we don't see a lot of, and I think for authors, we've constantly been told like, hey, don't talk about it, don't bring, you know, don't don't mention it. Don't be negative. Don't say anything because then other readers will get the idea and they'll do the same and it just makes it worse. But what I've really found is that when we talk about it and we kind of, you know, bring it to light, readers are reaching out and they're saying like, what can I do? How can I help? How can I prevent this? What do I need to watch for? And so I think for a long time, authors, especially indie authors have been so afraid to say, you know, that this is happening. Um, 
that readers had no idea. And now that like we're talking about it and, and making it more known, readers are being more diligent. And I get readers all the time that will send me stuff and say, hey, is this okay? You know, I found your book here. Um, and a lot of times it's audio and it's fine, but I appreciate them, you know, checking with me and I'm sure that they're doing it with other authors as well. So I think spreading the word is, is really important. It's really scary. I, I would never think that you would be penalized for that. I, I, I can understand you not making any money off something that's pirated, but if it gets to the point, you know, the, the biggest one that's hurt in all of this is you and it hits you yeah you know with with your career which is a big deal which is yeah that shouldn't be something that you just do behind the scenes and and stress over it over holidays and you know feel like you have to keep it in I feel like the the more of us that are aware of that uh then you know we can all look out for one another yeah so yeah I think that's great you're talking about it because that's awful and I I didn't know that yeah, it's really stressful. Um, just because, like I said, if you know, Amazon did work with me. You know, I told them, "Hey, it was a pirated copy. I did not do it. I'm removing it." And they gave me an extension. Um, but but if I, you know, if Apple was really behind or whatever and couldn't get it removed, then all of my books get taken out of Kindle Unlimited, and so I'd have to start over. You know, building a career on other platforms when right now all of my books are in Kindle Unlimited. So it's just like you said. It's not only you know the risk of you know, me losing a month's worth of income or whatever. It's, it's my entire career. It's everything I've spent, you know, six years building could just be gone. Um, and I'd have to kind of start over, which would just be insane. Well, we don't want that for you. We're both big fans of you and we want, we'll keep, we want to keep reading you and keep, be able to help you earn a, earn a living doing this because. Thank you. We're big fans, and we we think I feel comfortable saying this for Lauren too, where we feel that you deserve to. Um, I'm not good with words all the time, but you get what I mean. Like we want you to not be penalized for something like this. Thank you. And we both have Kindle Unlimited and we've both also, you know, bought copies of your stuff too. And like, just to be extra supportive, I guess, of, of what you're doing. And I need to, I need to figure out which shirt I want from your store. I can't figure out which, (laughs) which merch I want the most. So, you know, that's a struggle, but it's it's all in the name of supporting you. I got to take a look at your store. See what. It's so much fun. (laughs) I will. Did you look through all the shirts? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, uh, okay. Which which one do I start with? <laughs> it's, you know what? I might do maybe that. it's just, I might do that on Maybe it's just now. the shopper in me, but yeah, it's, uh, I think I, you must've posted something a few weeks ago and I was like, wait, what? There's a store. Now I need to go down this rabbit hole. And, uh, some of it is just really good. Really, really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just, it's not, I don't, I, it's, you're a great author and 
you deserve, you know, you deserve everything that, you, you know, you put all of your hard work into and you, you know, you deserve all that credit. And, um, it's just awful that people, you know, do that to you and, and, and other indie authors. And it just, we all have to be watching out for, for everybody, I guess. Yeah. It's, you know, it's what happened to the, the movie world and the music world. And, and now it's, you know, getting really bad with the publishing world. And so I think the more people that know about it, the better. Um, but hopefully, hopefully one day the publishing giants will kind of stand up and, and put a stop to it for for everybody. But for now, all of us little indies will just keep chugging along and trying to stop it where we can. And I, I do want to bring up one more issue that I've been meaning to bring up on the podcast, but I don't think I've done so yet, which I think I've seen you speak out about as well. But before I do that, like I pulled your shop page up. Yeah. There's a photo of you. The shirt you're wearing is probably thinking about a Kirsten Modulin plot twist right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like great. But... Oh. I love but them. The... I have shirts for almost every book, and then I have some that are just like general, kind of like that one. Um, but I have fun <laughs> designing designing stuff for the site. Yeah. But the other issue I want to mention is something I was unaware of at the time when I found out about it. But apparently there has been a rash of people who buy the ebooks, read them, and then return them, or mm-hmm. somehow able to return them. And I, I believe it was you who shared this. There was a petition going around that make ebooks unreturnable after you've after they've been read. Yeah. Yeah, so it's hap- it's been a thing for a long time um, where, you know, readers will, this is not talking about Kindle Unlimited because those books are meant to be returned. It's kind of like a library. But this is basically readers buying an ebook, reading the entire thing, and then returning it for a refund and using that refund to buy a new book and essentially using Amazon like a library. And it's been a thing for a long time. Um, I have a four book series and I will watch my returns go book one, book two, book three, book four. Um, every month I'll have like 13 returns on all four. Um, and so it's like, there's no way that that's a coincidence. You know, it's it's people reading the whole series and doing that. Um, but what happened was in, I think the end of February, early March, um, some TikTokers got a hold of this, found out that it was a thing, I guess. Um, and they started advertising it as like a life hack, like, read any book you want and never pay for it. Um, And so it like took off, went viral um, and authors started seeing, you know, I went from usually having about 70 returns a month, which is still a huge number and it's awful um, to having almost 200. And so more than double and, you know, other authors got hit pretty hard. Um, My books have been big on TikTok. And so all my TikTok books were returned, were being done, done that way. Um, and it kind of trickled down to my others. Um, and I saw some authors that weren't really affected um, because they weren't on TikTok, but now they're starting to be because once those people pick up that habit, they're going to do it to, you know, all their books. Um, and so basically we author, no, I did not do it, but an author put a petition out um, saying, you know, hey, can we like cut it down? So basically movies, music, all anything you can buy from Amazon, any digital purchase 
it's not returnable. Like they don't, they don't allow you to return it. You can't watch a movie and return it. You can't, you know, listen to music and return it. Um, and so basically we were saying like, can we say you can't return eBooks or can we say in 24 hours, you know, you can't return it or put some kind of limit because right now the limit is seven days, um, which is, you know, for an avid reader, that's plenty of time to read a book. Um, and so I think we got about 50,000, maybe over 50,000 signatures in a few days. Um, and then, um, some societies like, or some writers organizations started talking to Amazon to try and like get it resolved. And I don't think anything's really happened with it. Um, it's been an issue for years, but I do think that they're, you know, working cut down on it. Um, like the different writing organizations and stuff to try and find some sort of solution because it's just getting bad. Um, and again, that was one of the things where people were like, don't talk about it because if readers know it's an option, they're going to do it. Um, and there are going to be readers out there who do that, but the vast majority of readers are like, this is awful. How is this allowed? You know, 50,000 signed this, you know, petition to stop it. And so it's in one of those things where now that it's out there, um, you know, people are, are speaking out and trying to stop it too. Well, but the reason it's more of an issue is because it's another thing that you get penalized for is yes. it, that ends up costing you money. It's, it's an issue because it's costing you more money. Yes. So the thing, yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that, but yeah. So, um, Amazon, basically when we pay, when, um, like we, someone buys a book from us, we get paid our royalty and we get deducted a delivery fee, which is usually like a few cents. Um, so we don't like make, if, if you pay four ninety nine for a book, we make 70% of that. We don't make the full thing. We make 70% minus, you know, that, that delivery fee, which is usually like 10 cents. Um, but then when people return it, we get deducted the cost of the book. So like we're getting deducted more than what we actually got paid. Um, and so like that delivery fee and everything adds in and all of that adds up, even though it's just a little bit, you know, here and there, we get deducted quite a bit over the course of 200 books, you know? Um, and so it's not like Amazon is just pocketing that and like, oh, well, you know, it's a return that, that comes directly out of our pockets, um. And so I don't think a lot of people think that either. You know, a lot of people think, well, it's Amazon. They're a billion-dollar company. Who cares? But it's not coming out of that billion-dollar company's pockets. It's coming out of ours. That's awful. <laughs> like, I, I never, I would never even think of returning a book. And now that I know it, I'm not going to suddenly be someone that returns a book. I, mean, I think advocacy, you know, it. I mean, that's, that's disturbing. There, there's special kind of people out there that do that. I, I like you zero respect for me. If you return a book that you read and there wasn't something wrong with the, the file or, you know, like a, a legit issue or. I mean, I understand yeah. the, I understand there needs to be a grace period because in case you accidentally purchase right. something you right. didn't intend to. Right. So, I mean, three hours, yeah. like, or something, just... Exactly. I, I mean, I said 24 would be fine. And I even think Amazon can tell how many pages you've read. So I would be fine with, you can have it forever, but you can only read 10%, and then you can't return it after 10%. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are free samples of the books on Amazon. So once you read past that sample part, you know, I, there's there has to be a middle ground. You know, I get that Amazon is a customer-centric, you know, they want to make their customers happy. But there has to be a way, you know, to to figure it out so that we're not also hurting your content creators. Um, because, you know, for 
you know, even for me, I mean, when I was first starting out and I was making, you know, checks for 17 cents a month, (laughs) you know, I was having books returned like crazy. And so it's, it's not, you know, all, all authors aren't rich and we can just afford to lose that money either. It's, it's hurting real people with real bills and, you know, real lives that, you know, I mean, there are, there are real victims of this and it's just awful. Well, we, um, again, I wanted to give you the chance to speak out for them and speak out for yourself on that issue because. Thank you. I appreciate you it. Should, you should be. You should earn rightfully what you deserve with, you know, a lot of people love your book. A lot of people love your books and you have, you have your own online squad that shows for it. So, I mean, we, I know Lauren and I will support you in any way we can from here on out. And yeah, it's just a, it's an honor you wanted to, like you want to join us for these episodes and yeah of course i told you guys last time i'd be back anytime (laughs) (laughs) oh um yeah we so appreciate it yeah before we go like i haven't been doing this every episode lately but is there anything else you've been lauren and kristen kirsten i'll uh pose this question to you too, is there anything else you've been reading lately that you want to give a recommend to? Hmm. Man, I'll let Lauren go first because I gotta look at my <laughs> gotta look at my phone. <laughs> um, I just finished <clears throat> Greenwich Park by Catherine Faulkner. It was uh, it's a debut book. I got it actually on audiobook from the library. And uh, I listened to that kind of on my morning and home commute all this week. And uh, it's, it was a really good book. I I, I liked it. Um, we'll definitely look for more books by her. Uh, it, it's basically about a really nice neighborhood, Greenwich Park. And um, two pregnant women who meet at a, um, like a Lamaze class and the, the one girl kind of incorporates herself into the other girl's life and, you know, things are not what they seem. And, uh, yeah, it was really enjoyable. So maybe I'll talk about it at, at another episode, but yeah, I had, that's, um, that's kept my attention. That's on my list. I had purchased the ebook, uh, a while back, but I haven't been able to get to it yet. <laughs> Oh. that's awesome I, I had to look it up because I just read a really good book that I wanted to recommend um, so it's called The Spires by Kate Moretti um, I really liked it it was about um, kind of this friend these these people were friends in the past and um, then like flash forward years in the future and this woman and her husband are married and her friend calls and says, hey, you know, I'm going through some stuff. I need a place to stay. Um, and so the friend comes and stays with them and things kind of go um, downhill. <laughs> um, the friend starts causing trouble and there starts to be issues between the two friends. It was really good. Um, I'd never read anything by her. I, th- I believe she has one other book that I know of, um, but I really liked it. And then 
I read The Weekend Away by Sarah Alderson because um, I wanted to watch the Netflix movie and I couldn't watch it without reading it. Um, so it was really good also. And I love the movie. I Leighton Meester is awesome. So I was excited to watch it. Yeah, that was a great Netflix. I don't know if we talked about that a few weeks ago. We, you, well, you um, talked about another one of her books and we did like briefly mm-hmm. talk about uh, the the book and the movie. Um, yeah. And I'm going to look up the other book that you had talked about, um, Kirsten, just yeah. to put on my never ending TBR. <laughs> I've heard, I heard about that one too. She has another one, the girls of like Bracken Hill or something, I believe yeah. I could be making that up, but there's the cover of it. I know that we, the listeners can't hear it, see it, but I mean, it was just like the cover stood out to me and the blurb was great. So I think I read it in like a day. It was great. Hmm. Well, um, I didn't get a chance to read this, but um, one book I wanted to, I ended up purchasing that I was going to try to read by the time we did this episode, but I just didn't get to it yet. Um, which I, Kirsten, I saw you recommend it. I heard you scream by Emerald O'Brien. Oh, I'm the worst friend ever. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. Emerald is um, my best friend, but she's also an amazing author. Um, and now I feel awful. Um, I did, I did just read that one too. Um, and it is fabulous. It just released um, in April. I read it back in like February when she first wrote it. So that was why it wasn't top of mind. But yeah, um, all of Emerald's books are amazing. She does this really cool thing where she kind of um, meshes like horror and psychological thriller. So like kind of Riley Sager-ish, um, but puts her own spin on it. And it, she's brilliant. Like the way she writes characters is awesome. And the way that she like incorporates her twist, it's just, she's phenomenal. And yeah, that's her newest one. I highly recommend it. It's probably my favorite read this year. <laughs> but the one I did read uh, for true cr- true crime fans out there, um, the book Unmasked by Paul Holes. Mm-hmm. So I um, his uh, basically his story about being a cold case investigator for all the years, like leading up to um, he retired around the time they caught the Golden State Killer. So, but that was a case that he talked about in the book. He kept, he found the, he just like randomly found the file like one night, like in, you know, the lab library or in the, you know, in the file cabinet, just randomly like was looking for his stuff to look through and just randomly found it. And that was like, way early on in his career and just he talks about how like over the years he kept going back to it then like kept having to go away to work other stuff then kept going back to and just and he talked about aspect how it affected him personally and his relationships um with uh his first wife and with his second wife and anyone who knows him and through like pod the podcast he does now and like I think he has his own TV show on Oxygen too and I mean just anyone who's aware of him will want to check that book out. That sounds awesome. 
Uh, cool. Yeah. yeah, Kirsten, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a blast. I'm glad you guys invited me back. Thank you. No, and um, we probably got to have you back again doing the doing the same thing again um, with you posing questions to us about your next book um, in July when that'll come out. So, yeah. Is there a time frame for when we'll get more info on the new book yet, or it, like is that stuff all? Yeah. So the so as soon as I finish it, the way that I usually go is. As soon as I finish it and it goes to my editor, um, I write the blurb, sign the cover, and then I reveal it. Um, so normally it would be next week, um, but I will be at a signing um, at the end of next week. So it will actually be um, probably the 23rd or 24th um, of this month of May that I will announce um, the, the book and the blurb and cover and everything and um, have some more exciting information about it. Um, but this will be a big one. This is probably going to be my biggest <laughs> release yet. So I'm really excited about it. And I would be thrilled to come back because I think I'll have a lot of questions. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? Okay. Setting a reminder for myself to, <laughs> to get on Instagram. <laughs> what? I'm excited. Yeah, before... Uh... Yeah, so before we go, uh, we'll be back with another episode next week. And Lauren, do you do you have a book picked out for next episode? Um, what did I say? Did I say I? I can't remember if I picked something yet or not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe I'll do Greenwich Park. Okay. I'll do Greenwich Park. Okay. Yeah. And um. <laughs> Mine is uh, Blood Blood Sugar by Sasha Rothschild. Sasha Rothschild. And, um, yes, yeah, a debut novel that I read a couple of weeks back and really enjoyed and look forward to talking about that. So, uh, um, that will be another recommend for, uh, but I'll discuss that more next episode. So, um, yeah, uh, Kirsten, again, thank you so much for uh, joining us for this. And, you know, we're proud to be part of your squad, your KML yeah. squad. So, Thank you. I'm grateful to have you guys on the squad. And I, I, I will be back anytime. All right. We will, we will have you back in July to discuss, <laughs> to discuss <laughs> the next one, which I'm already looking forward to, given how... You say it's going to be your biggest one yet. And I can't wait. <laughs> so, um, everyone, thank you for listening. We will talk to you next week. Take care. Bye. <laughs>